pitch to the Center Circle Studio. Tim Van Horn goes studs up into the soccer world where no one is safe. 18-yard box is wall-free. This is My Three Subs Podcast, a soccer odyssey with your manager, Tim Van Horn. Hey, it's almost Christmas time, but the gifts are for you. We got a special guest coming up. It's the head coach of Memphis 901 FC, Ben Pierman. Not one guest, but two. Yeah, we got a big donation. One of our friends, Glue Pro USA, is going to make one local organization very happy with some additional gold. Keeper gloves helping to defray the cost in the inner city. It is wonderful. We've got all that. We've got some world soccer news on the way. He's Brody Scott. I'm Tim Van Horn. We're standing in the tunnel with our shin guards on, socks pulled up, and we are raring to go. Come on, guys, let's go. Hey, coach, coach is yelling at us. Coach wants us to go. It's game time. This is my three subs. We'll be back with today's kickoff from the Center Circle Studios. This is my three subs, a soccer odyssey. Hey, it's Tim. Just reminding you, this podcast is now powered by Podcave, the complete toolkit for podcasters. Brody and I want all of our time going into making the podcast as entertaining and as interesting as possible for you. So that's why we ditched our old services, made the switch over to Podcave. This is the complete podcast management, combining all the tools we need to make the best shows we can, to make them available on all the platforms you use, and to always stay connected with you. Podcave provides unlimited audio storage, so all our episodes, new and the old ones, are always available whenever you want them. And our website, it's included and built into Podcave, so you always have a place to find us. It's that easy. Music and soundscapes we use on the show are professionally made and fully licensed by Podcave. We get email and text management tools to stay in touch with you, guest booking tools, episode planning tools. Podcave even includes customizable news feeds so that we can stay on top of the latest headlines with Podcave. It's all in one place, and it's all inclusive for just $49 a month. That's right, $49 a month. Podcave, the complete toolkit for podcasters. Save time and money with your first or next podcast. Don't be afraid. Give it a try. Use Podcave. That's podcave.com. That's P-O-D-C-A-V-E, podcave.com. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. We're underway from the Center Circle Studios. I'm going to be honest with you. I am uh, really stoked to talk to this next guest, Tim. And it's simply because I was super jealous of his attire last match of the season. Yeah. And and you usually do not use the word stoked. So the air of stokedness about you is is, very noticeable. It is very noticeable. I'm talking about the, 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 the rolled pant with the white shoes, those crisp white shoes. Bruh. Ben Pierman on to talk a little 901 FC. How are you, man? Doing well. Thank you for having me. Uh, of course, the sorry I didn't get all dressed up today, bro. Those 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 kicks were tight. Yeah. Who who uh, inspired the look? Um, when I was the head coach of Detroit City, there was a league rule that we had to wear a shirt and tie. So okay. I did that for every league game. Kind of embraced it. The the fan following and everything. Really enjoyed that. So can I, I can I hang on that for yeah, a minute? Because that plaid, the plaid shirt with the tie. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I I don't know if it works. It's cool. I don't know if it works. Then we got the W, and I was yeah. like, bro, rock that every. <laughs> well, what's what's crazy about that is is that one of our first big wins in Detroit, we we went on a little bit of a run in the Open Cup, 
and I wore that shirt and tie. So what? So I wore that. There's some yeah. luck lined yeah, in that. You know, the players the players had a very good. Did they rock you for it? Oh, they were, they were giving <laughs> me so much grief. They were sending me pictures of like a a tablecloth. Oh you know, yeah, looking like. Yeah. But no, it was good. It was. It so. worked here, man. It really did. It it worked yeah. here, and and I was like, yo, if that's gonna be his look, let it be his look yeah. because of that W. That I mean. Yeah. It's like it, Ricky Bobby hard says, I win. I do whatever I want. <laughs> right. right. Do whatever well, I want to do. In the end of the day, what ma- like you said, what matters is getting results. It's about the players. They're the ones that have to play. So, right. And that was kind of the whole message at the end of the season was putting them in positions to be comfortable um, you know, and, and, and confident to, to go do the best they can. Well, I think that's the one thing that the big takeaway from the end of the season, you did look cool, calm, collected, comfortable. Up there, uh, holding the reins of the of the club, and everybody around you, players, uh, seem to have that feeling as well. I mean, uh, obviously, nothing has been carved in stone for the next season, but it, you look calm, cool, collected, and that seems to be where you need to be, my friend. And, sure. and he was very he was very adamant in the final match press conference to single me out, busted my balls. As a matter of fact, thanks yes. by the way for that, yeah. Ben, for yeah. the, <laughs> the general public. That was great. I, I apologize. When, when I asked about a culture change, and but but you. You bring up a great point because it wasn't necessarily a culture change, uh, just due to the given amount. What was it? Eighteen days 18 that you days. had. Yeah, can you can you speak on that? Yeah, I mean, we we kind of referenced it that anytime there's a coaching change, there's a natural shift of energy and yeah. approach, whether it's from executives and directors, whether it's coaches, whether it's players, whether it's fans. So for us, we just we wanted to make sure that we were we were focused on the task at hand. And like we referenced, the confidence was key, making things very, very simple, making expectations very clear. So it was really came down to the players, putting them in their best spots. Um, you know, we obviously had a little bit of a learning lesson the first 25 minutes <laughs> at Louisville. But, yeah. um, you know, it was it, it, like you said, it was comfortable. It's it's. Managing a football team in, in in the 90 minutes of a match really goes back to what you do the week of. So we had two really good weeks of practice mm-hmm. for those two victories at the end of the season, and that's kind of my my methodology. That's that's a lot, and the players were bought in and they were excited. So I think in the end of the day, that's that's really how you, how you get those types of results. Can you speak on your comfort level on, on 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 coming in and coaching? And I don't mean this in a disrespectful way that you were able to walk in and have a winning record in the matches that you coach, but the fact that you coached at Detroit and you had 7,000, you had 8,000 people that were, you know, right behind you, breathing down your neck, cheering and chanting. Um, this was not your first rodeo. Yeah, a little bit. Um, definitely the experiences for six years in Detroit helped me prepare. Um, it was actually very similar in Detroit. It's a big, massive club, but especially at the time, um, you know, it's a four-month season. Mm-hmm. It's you're a little bit mercenary with some of the players coming and going because not only was I obviously not allowed to coach professionals at the time, I wasn't allowed to coach players at Michigan State. So you immediately take out half the good player right there, <laughs> you know, and and they go to our direct rivals. So yeah. so you have to be flexible. The other thing was I was a lot of the times I was the GM, I was the director, I was the head coach, I was running the sessions. You know, I had very good support staff every now and then, but but for me a lot of the time it, it all fell on it you. was a little bit of a one man show. For yeah. those three weeks with Memphis, it was a more or less a one man show. And that's not me taking any credit. That's just me saying, look, you can't do everything. Keep what is most important. So to relate it back to the comfort level, it's, 
you know, coaching coaching soccer is is tough or as simple as you want to make it. Right. Um, you know, we got a little bit better every single day, yeah. and I think you saw that through. Even in the Louisville match, we got a lot better yeah. throughout ninety minutes. Yeah, but well, and, and to that credit, I, I think what you know, if there was that shadow of doubt amongst the listeners and everybody else, you just I think kind of quelched that with by saying, "Hey, listen, I've done it all before." Right. And now I, you know, this just fell into place. With that being said, though, you know, coaching pandemic, you know, soccer is a, well, it was a little bit yeah, different, obviously. For sure. Instead of 90 minutes, you're looking at like 95, 100. You know, it's it's safe. Or 115 if you're in Birmingham. If you're in Birmingham. Amen to that. Jeez, Louise. And and to speak on that, because during the pandemic, you were, you know, you were you were you were partly responsible for putting together special training plans because when you guys came back, it was individualized training. Yeah. So it, it, it felt like to me as you know, I know it was just a small sample size, but it felt like you you knew these guys because you had had to prepare to coach them one on one back when you could not have even small group training. Yeah, for sure. And that's Obviously, we everybody in the world's had to be flexible. This sure. isn't just professional footballers. This isn't just nine hundred one FC. This is everybody. We've mm-hmm. all lived it. So, flexibility was key. Um, and like you said, also having a plan, and in my opinion, communicating that plan to say, "This is what we're going to do. This is how I want us to do it, and this will ultimately be the result." So, you know, and, and like you said, pretty much everything relates back to to the players. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that had to execute. They're the ones with the high level pressure and. And really, you could see that they they flourished, and we flourished a lot of the season. Yeah, it just happened to be seventy minutes a game instead right. of ninety. Right. You know, even in in Louisville, you could say, oh, well, we flourished for the end of the sec- first half and parts of the second. This, you know, we really had to just take that consistency up as well. Right. But that ultimately does fall on the players. They're the ones that have to, that had to execute, and they did a great job. You know, we we bring up the past <coughs> only because you know we're looking kind of ahead to the future what does that look like and we don't really have details as when the season starts or anything like that but as a coach has that kind of uh, mentality of the one-on-one trainings and the one-on-one stuff and and small group has that kind of like well that seemed to work really well i'm going to kind of take extrapolate that for future yeah potentially i think um you know, I think the, the the best way to to bring out everybody's highest potential is to is to push each other. Mm-hmm. You know, iron sharpens iron type thing. So ideally, if if they're competing against each other and really competing in training, those individual trainings got really old really fast. Did and it? it was we because of the rules, we had to train over like four sessions. So mm-hmm. we train at like eight a.m. 9 30 11 so you're walking off that field at 2 p.m yeah and it's 105 degrees and you're doing that three days a week Hate it's, life. <laughs> it's just it, it, and then we a little bit got into a little bit of groups no contact it's it was it there was definitely a lot to go back to your basics build a foundation mm-hmm. improve from there but after Look, after a few days, a few weeks, it was miserable. Hey, who got to pick uh, who came when to those training sessions? Yeah. Did the veterans get to pick their times? Yeah, a little bit. Um, I tried to rotate it to to try to be f- as fair to everybody. Was there a little greasy palm action going on? No. Like, hey, bro, hey, bro. You know, well, to be fair, like, I would want to train at 8 a.m. Yeah. I'd want to be there. Get so out some, of the way, man. So some of the players, like, for example, like Birch, he's he's experienced. He's the captain. And, oh, by the way, he's got two kids. kids right. And he's driving 40 minutes. 
Mm-hmm. So we said, what time do you want to go? He wants to go at 8 a.m. Boom, got it. Okay, maybe this guy, that guy. Would... Some guys were like, hey, man, I want to sleep in. I'll train at noon. I'll do that. <laughs> Whatever. You know? Those younger kids are it, like, yes. Yeah, it wasn't <laughs> It wasn't as difficult. And some kids like hated the heat. Some kids hated getting up early. Some players yeah. didn't, you know, but it was, it was. I say out. kids. I yeah, mean, I say ben, kids, you and I yes. are the same, same age. And it's kind of weird that we're like, oh, yeah, you're like five years younger than me. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, like Birch is older than I am. You right. got some guys 30, little older 20s, and then you got guys that are 18, 19 years old. Did that play into it at all? Like, you know, oh, let's just coach Ben, you know, whatever. Um, No, I mean, I think the, the one thing that jumped out from me going from de- not only Detroit City, but my eight years at Michigan State, a very high-level top Division One program, mm-hmm. and then the jump to, to Memphis and USL is that – it is it is a different pressure on the player. This is their job. They're not right. coming to training and then going to study session. They're not going to class. They're not doing a summer job. They are here to play football. Work. And the, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> and their job is to win games. Their job is the, to play the best they can. Right. So they're doing extra tra- I mean, the, the amount of guys that would go to um, extra doctors and, and chiropractors and do this and in the nutrition and it's nonstop. So it it's like so when the coaching change happened, it was it was like hey, half these guys have already dealt with a coaching change in their careers. Mm-hmm. So they just said, look, this is part of it. It stinks. Next Maybe. man up kind of thing. Exactly. They yeah. and they all they we all felt terrible. We all you know had to move on. But it was like. They knew that those 18 days were huge 18 days, and, and that was part of the rise to certain things is that their professionalism led that. Coach Ben Pearman joining us on on the podcast today for Memphis 901. What the heck is your job title? Are you are you the head coach? I consider you the head coach yeah, right now. Yeah, me too. I, I, you are I don't the last head coach. There is not another head coach as far as I'm concerned. There will be never. <laughs> you, are the he- you are the head coach. <laughs> there could be only one. <laughs> what, what's the status of that, if you don't mind me asking? Um, I'm the interim head coach. Um, I think there, there's a process which is, is going through – that obviously for me personally, I hope I'm the, the full-time head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, but as we've, like I re- referenced flexibility with, with COVID and with the league and clubs and rules and everything going on, I think it's just going to take a little while. So after the new year though. Yeah, you for know. sure. And look, there's, look, I, I think I'm a good soccer coach. There are a lot of really good soccer coaches out there. Sure. I, I love the city of Memphis. I love our supporters and citizens, but I do love this club. And I think, I think it's a good fit, mm-hmm. but, Ultimately, obviously, I'm not making the decision. There's a lot of very smart, intelligent, hardworking people to make that. But you know, I that's think a, if that's a good way to put it. Yeah, I think, look, if <laughs> I it, can say that I'm not up for well, the job. And I'm not trying to kiss Ben's ass here because <laughs> no. we've said it on this podcast before that, that we we back Ben to, to take over this job. Sure. And so rather than say interim, and I know you said that, I, I get it. But I, how about your coach until they tell you otherwise? Sure. Right. For can, sure. Would that and be then, a fair statement. To and say? then when you become coach, you can take the coach title off and just become Highlander. <laughs> and we'll just call you Highlander. It's not like you're sitting on your butt. I mean, fr- from yeah. what I've heard, little birdies have told me that you've been traveling. You've been looking to actively recruit and prepare for 2021 as if it's going to start on time. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And, and, you know, it's not just myself either. Our directors, we've been very involved. Um, we went out to the, I guess it's not officially the MLS Combine, but the, the College Combine in Kansas City, mm-hmm. which was a really good event. A lot of high-level players. Um, and then, you know, we've done some other events, scouting. You know, we were in Nashville last weekend. We'll be 
most likely in Tampa and Atlanta coming up. So, you know, there's events, there's players in, in, you know, even if you go to an event with a hundred kids there or a hundred players there and you find one, it's worth hey, it. Yeah. So how do you feel about your networking? Because it, I mean, everybody knows these clubs took a bloodbath last year and I know in, in, probably finances are pretty tight in Memphis. Let's be honest. I mean, without baseball and soccer, uh, the organization was probably bleeding money like crazy last year. Are you, are, are you confident in your networking and coaching ability that if they were to say, Hey Ben, you know, this is typically what our budget is, but we've got to slash this by X amount. Do you feel like you could be successful yeah absolutely and i think i don't think it's you reference it's not just memphis it's it's a lot of clubs in usl and League i mean One. reno even yeah Reno's yes. gone. Reno's and look gone. You, you don't want to see stuff like that happen that's where you, you again i keep talking about flexibility creativity so if we w- there's a very good database there's I know a lot of the North American base players very well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know whether that's ranging from college, um, NCA, NAI, JUCO, going up to Canadian Premier League, MLS, USL League One. You know the PDL, which is now League Two, and obviously our own league. There's there are a lot of very good players out there, and and no matter what they earn and what you know the contracts are, mm-hmm. we've identified a ton of players and and I don't think you need um you know a multi million dollar budget to to win trophies. Right. And, and to to at least make playoffs and say, hey, this is the foot we can put out there and we can be the best club. And we do it efficiently. Right. Um, you know, I think that's very yeah. A, a lot of clubs are gonna have to try to do it that way. And B, I think you referenced our network and in our connections and, and what I've done, I think that's a good, good, good possibility. With the, we brought up you know the lack of Reno over in the West, but over here in the East, we don't, we don't have St. Louis anymore. Yeah, you know, and and without that club, I mean, shoot, let's let's call it right at our doorstep. You know, we don't have Nashville really, right? You know, in the USL anymore. Uh, so those two markets. We have Birmingham, obviously, and they're just going to like I don't know, cherry pick the Gators in Florida. I don't I don't care where they pick those kids from because quite honestly they're all bumbling. But whatever, um, I can hate because I'm a fan. Um, it, that being said, has it made that process a little easier when you go to scouting? You're like, well, listen, we're the top dog, and you know, yes and no. I think I think the biggest thing is I think players want an opportunity to play at the highest level, mm-hmm. so they want the opportunity to play. You know, they all want to play in Champions League. And if sure. it's not Champions League, it's Premier League. If it's not Premier League, okay, you move down and down and down. Okay. They there are a lot of good players that want to play in USL Championship. So I think for them to be in a location, whether it's Memphis or Birmingham or Reno or this or that or the other, now you start playing into all the other factors, such as contracts, such mm-hmm. as maybe it's style of play, maybe it's a need. Oh, hey, we really need a center forward or a left winger or a holding mid. Where can I start now? You're the guy. Yeah. We're going to build this team around you. Okay, well, I'll take a little bit of a pay cut to go there. Or it's all about I have to make the most money. Fair enough. Or I really went with this coach or this system. Mm-hmm. There's a ton of different factors. The fact that we're – now kind of the only USL championship in the media area might play on that a little bit mm-hmm. for sure here and there. But but genu- generally speaking, I think it's most guys want an opportunity to showcase themselves at the highest level. Don't go to Birmingham. I hate Birmingham. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This is, yeah, yeah. Birmingham. No. <laughs> Birmingham's a hard, hard no. <laughs> hard sell. I'll keep, <laughs> I'll keep mine to myself. Yeah. <laughs> and I know and, and we were talking about recruiting and, and, and the network there. And, and of course, next year, you've, you've got to build a club uh, and to compete and, 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 and head toward the playoffs. Let's talk about some players. I saw some news last week that was released 
race that that uh, our top scorer last year, Cal Jennings, which sounds like a NASCAR name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Cal, Cal, he drives fast, uh, and he went to Indy, which um, he can drive fast. Now. But I saw that. But could you speak to the fact that? I, it's. I would guess that the the club made an offer to him, and probably many clubs probably did because of the attention he got from playing those last few games with you guys. Yeah, hundred percent. And and Cal was a player that we we targeted during the the COVID lockdown. Um, we were really fortunate to get him. We were we thought our our roster was set, mm-hmm. um, so we 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 used what we had or even emergency whatever to sign him. Obviously, he was a top player, and, and from my perspective, even better person. Um, but just like you see in some other leagues, um, you, sometimes clubs with big pocketbooks, checkbooks, whatever you want to call them, they're they're able to come in and and kind of take players that were with different teams. Yeah. You've seen that. You've seen it with Indy Eleven. You've mm-hmm. now seen it. Louisville will have some big announcements coming up. Um, Phoenix, obviously, they're just. Steal, not stealing players. No, they are. They're stealing players at this point. It's just, like I said, it relates back to what we were just talking about. You know, there's there's the opportunity to play, Mm -hmm. um, and then there's teams that can come in and say, "Hey, look, this is what we can offer you that really not many other teams can." Mm -hmm. True. Um, you know, and outside of potentially going to MLS where all the benefits and contracts are streamlined together, um, you know, it's sometimes it's it's tough to compete to 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 keep on to some high level players. But with that being said, you look at some of these clubs um across the world even. Like you've seen this where a player will go from you know, Leipzig to the next club, whether it's on a free or they sell them, whatever. Um, you know, we we are more than prepared to to replace Cal Jennings, and I think part of that comes in with personnel, mm-hmm. and part of that comes comes in with with stylistic how we're going to play. You know, ultimately Cal did a wonderful job. He was one of the highest return goal scorers. I think he scored a goal every sixty minutes. Yeah, um, but it also took him a little bit to get going. You know, they're they're. Ideally, hopefully, there's another Cal Jennings out there for us. And I mean, there's got to be, right? Yeah, I mean, for they, sure. They, for sure. It's not like he was an anomaly, right? I for mean, sure. Th- that that yeah. is repl- replicable. Exactly. And, and like I said, you don't you see that stuff happen all the time. Nico Brett went from Pittsburgh, who I did they win or Nashville? They were top two last year. They were right there on the cusp last year. I mean, yeah. they made a de- they made a good run at the end of the season. Yeah, they yeah. score seven goals in a playoff game. They make a run. Yeah. They lose to Louisville in overtime. So. That's a top team in the league, mm-hmm. and he signs elsewhere. Right. That stuff just happens. Dane and, Kelly the year before exactly. from from Indy going over to the Carolinas, exactly. Right? Yeah. So, so you know it's tough. Um, you know, we Cal's a player that not only you know our club he did really well with us, and he, you know, we were going to make him the cap, and, yeah. <laughs> so, but no, I mean, it's we had so much pirate stuff yeah. like stockpiling; it was crazy, <laughs> and it's going to happen. But yeah. I think you just—that's part of professional football. Yeah, you're, you're, would, would it be yeah. fair to say? I mean, I mean, business. I mean, compared to last year, watching social media because that's where all facts happen, Ben. If you haven't noticed, <laughs> but it's been such a small trickle of information of new player signings, comings and goings. Would it be fair to say that pretty much most of the league's kind of in a holding pattern right now, anyway? Yeah, a little bit. You've got certain teams that. Are are being aggressive um, with player signings and announcements, and 
I, I think the biggest thing, and, and I can just say this, is that nobody knows what the future holds with, mm-hmm. with our league. And that's not saying anything good or bad. It's just they have to decide just like the NBA decides right. and the NFL decides. And MLB says we're going to do this with fans, without fans, in a location, and not, you know, are we going to play in four-team group, uh, four man, four team group next year? Mm-hmm. Are we going to be an eight-team group? Other, I mean, you know, you know so it's, and I think at this point you're you're kind of right by saying if you make any kind of move right now or everything, it's all almost speculative sure, of when exactly. anything's going to happen. Exactly. That being said, would you want to stay in the groups? Because there's some obvious stuff that we loved about yeah. the quote unquote rule changes. You know, not necessarily the five subs. I think that it it did kind of distract. You know, it made the games really long. As we said, 115 minutes. Yeah. But we got to know the players, not just. Our own players, but we got to know the players on the other teams right. and learn tendencies. As, as as pure soccer fans, it was good to see because you knew, okay, well, this first matchup was really good, but by the time we get to the third or fourth time around, it's going to get physical right. as all get out. And look at right. Birmingham. We actually have a rivalry now that, I mean, I hated them before. Now I really hate them. Right. I, I despise right. it. And now when that, I circle those dates now, and I'm like, yep. Bring out the hate cards here. Bring out the hate cards here. And I think, like, as even players, you start sitting there going, great. Yeah. I get to see that guy again. Oh, I, mean, exactly. I mean, you had a key. I mean, the last game of the year, it's like we had a key and just unlocked them in the first yeah. first half of the match. And then when we conceded, this was the incredible thing. And maybe you can speak to this, uh, Brody, from from an emotional standpoint from watching upstairs, mm-hmm. is when we conceded the goal, it didn't feel like, oh, crap, here we go again. Yeah. No. It felt like the team was composed and you were ready to, to build on the lead that you still had. Yeah. 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 No, I. you know what? I don't... I don't know. I don't know what's best for the league. I don't know what's best for <laughs> clubs. I I think if we can get back to a potential 28 to 34 game season, that's mm-hmm. ideal. Um if it's if it's playing 16 opponents twice, that's great. If it's breaking us up into eight man groups or four man groups, you know, what whatever's best for the league and the players and in in the clubs, you know, we we've got to do whatever a gets us thriving on mm-hmm. the field. Get you know when was it's, it too much as a coach though to coach that way? No, I mean it's just something you have to be ready for. Again, it's mm-hmm. everything was new. Mm-hmm. So if it was too much for me, it was too much for North Carolina or Birmingham or Charlotte. You know, did you feel like you were had to like hold back in a couple of the early matches? Like, oh, well, let's not show our cards. No, no. I mean, you gotta you gotta go to win every game, um, True. and I think that's now. There is a comparison. We play Birmingham, our first game out of the get-go, July 15th. Mm-hmm. We lose 3-0. We're poor. We get a guy sent off. Things didn't go our way. Well, we finish the last three games against Birmingham with two ties and a win. Right. And one of those ties, it, there's a 187th-minute penalty. And look, it was a penalty. It was a pen. Like, there's was no it? doubt. Okay. But, okay. you know, and again, <laughs> okay. that was probably more on us for not closing out the game. Mm-hmm. But... We're right there. Then we play Birmingham. They score, and we tie 1-1 at home. They score a penalty, which isn't. Mm-hmm. We get a guy sent off. Okay, you know, our own fault, possibly. But the point is, is that we went from game one to game four, and clearly we were the team that got better. Yeah. So for me, I look at that and say that's positive. Right. If I'm Birmingham, I would say, hey, we already took care of business against Memphis. Let's go play Charleston. Right. Let's go play. You start looking past New York or whomever. Yeah. So, and then you can you can have the conversation. Like we, a lot of people don't know this. Out of the, out of all the teams in the, out of all the eight groups in the entire situation, we were the only group without an MLS team. 
We were the right. only group with four independent really? clubs. I think that plays into it a little bit. <laughs> maybe yeah. it makes it harder. Maybe not. I don't know. But you know, every every situation's different. So, hmm. but again, for us, like you know, you got to go out, prepare for ninety minutes, prepare to battle, and in the ne- use the next week to get better. Yeah. Head coach Ben Pearman joining us on the podcast. I want to get your take on a couple things before before we mosey out of, out of here today. Uh, the, the of course the Champions League round of sixteen is set. Mohamed uh, Salah uh, tore it up yesterday. He's now Liverpool's all time Champions League scorer. Are they going to go the distance? You think this year? I don't know. I don't. I don't. I think if I think Bayern's got to be the favorite. I think other than that, you've got you definitely have Liverpool. Chelsea are playing very well. Um, you know, Juventus looked incredible to me the other day, and that's I'm a Barcelona supporter. And so what it's... was up with the highlights on ESPN? Yeah. <laughs> two uh, goals, two, and they were penalties by Cristiano Ronaldo, which we've seen 500 times. I think he has a, a, a quota that he has to hit. Yeah. Like ESPN has a quota for. Yeah, and then Weston McKinney hits a goal that Pele would be proud yeah. of, you yeah. know, a video clip, and that doesn't even get seen. Yeah. It, it, it was ridiculous. Well, <laughs> luckily, we don't all get our, our news from ESPN. So, yeah. but no, it was. <laughs> <laughs> that was an incredible game. I mean, what what what's the statistic out today? Nine nine Americans featured um, in the Champions League. So that's got. I mean, that's a huge pause. Huge. huge. Yeah, and, and look, everybody, the world was on fire when we didn't qualify for the World Cup. Right. And you know, it's very natural to compare USA to Mexico. They're mm-hmm. our biggest rival. They're our neighbor. They have players playing in Europe and in Champions League. Um, sometimes we we beat them. Sometimes they beat us. But you know, a few years ago, Mexico was clearly top yeah. in Concacaf. Yeah. Right. And now I think it's turning a little bit. Don't get me wrong. Well, in a one-off game, they it's going to be a tough game. Sure. Depending on where it you is. play but every game for a reason. For sure. Right now, if you look at our and it's not just players in Europe. You look at last. I mean, I know last night was what it was, but. Jordan Morris is as good as any winger playing in Europe Amen. that that is American. Yeah. I don't know how he does. It. I mean, he's like he's, so he's like so he's top incredible. heavy, but he's I mean, he's a great athlete. <laughs> no, he's low body fat, but he just looks like he could wrestle. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, he is a he is a starting level striker. Um, is that the new American look now for for a, a football player? Uh, well, it's like I mean, this like guy who could like body slam you in the back. I mean, <laughs> Reyna's a bi- uh, he's not a big boy, but he's tall. Yeah, he's no, he's big. You know. I, it, it all depends. I mean, let's go back to that Juventus Barcelona. In my opinion, the two greatest players ever mm-hmm. are playing in that game. One of them is a freak athlete who looks like a Greek god, right? And one of Adonis. them is, is a little, <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> guy who needed hormones to help him grow. And they're the two best footballers ever, right? You know, right. and it's so I don't really know if there's a general, you know, physical phys- physique that's set, but I think what our what our national team's doing and in, in I'm I'm personally a fan of Greg Berhalter. I've gotten to know him. Um, he he has a reason for everything. Strongest uh, roster lineup you think uh, to date for our national club? Are you asking me what the eleven would be? Or are you asking no, is I mean, this the strongest? Is this one of the strongest looks that we've gotten? Definitely, in a while? definitely with with how players are performing in Europe. Mm-hmm. Now they have to bring it together. And perform as a team. Pulisic's got to get healthy. <laughs> Pulisic staying healthy. Um, you know, probably for me, I guess the the two biggest questions would be who's going to be the other center back next to Brooks, and who's going to be our our center forward, or yeah. are we going to play with one? You know, do you put Jordan Morris there? Right. 
is it Soto? Is it DK? You know, the, Zardis obviously is is done very well, and what he's doing with 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 Caleb and the crew is awesome. Right. Um, you know, that's maybe it's Josh Sargent. I, I don't know. Um, I, I like Sargent. I like. I do. Too. You know, I, I like I, all of his songs. Yeah, me simply too. red. You know, some of these. Some there's a lot of a lot <laughs> of people. A lot of Americans have this sentiment that if you're playing in Europe, you have to play for the national team. Right. But but if you look what has succeeded in our Nash team, there is there has to be a selflessness about it. Mm-hmm. You know, Beckerman at the last World Cup we were in, he did a great job. Yeah. You know, you look at some of these guys like like I compare France, you know, they're clearly the the best team over the last few tournaments. And and Giroud, who I know now is starting to score some goals, but Giroud can't get a sniff with his club team, but because he opens it up for Griezmann and Mbappe and this other guy, he's selfless. Yeah. So, you know, sometimes you need a guy in there and and a lot of times that does come from our domestic league. He's gonna so, take that heat. So we'll see. But but yeah. yeah, I think we have a good good group of uh of quality talented players. I mean in the last three matches, I think we we played like literally a who's who. Yeah. Because I don't know who they are. Yeah, definitely, definitely <laughs> last the program. Night, right. <laughs> you know. But no, I think if you follow it, it's it's those players are you know, I really like um the the kid from Valencia, Musa. He's he's a good player. I I worry we're not going to keep him, right. but he is a good player. Yeah. He's 18, and you've got McKinney, who's young. You Tyler Adams, who's who's playing in Champions League. You've mm-hmm. got some young players, and you've got some experience. You've got some high-level European-based players as well. Speaking of experienced players, Tim Ream, of course, with with Fulham. Fulham's in a little bit of trouble in the, in the Premier League, but my gosh, there's like one, two, three, four – Five, six teams within five points of the top, and with Manchester United with a game in hand in sixth, I mean they could be within two points, and they're talking about firing uh, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. But maybe even more surprising is you've got Aston Villa that's kind of lingering around there, yeah. and then and then West Ham doesn't totally suck this year. Who you got in the Premier League is Liverpool. I mean they're they're behind on goal differential to Tottenham, but I mean they know how to win, right? I yeah, mean, I mean, is that your team by the way? Are you a Liverpool guy? No, I I, I would I, I like Barcelona. Okay. Um, my wife is a huge Man City supporter, so they're kind of my English team. Mm-hmm. Okay, and and you know I, I I try to appreciate the beauty of it all, but I, I also know that when you support a club and it's not going well, if it's, you're genuinely bought in, it stinks. But yeah. I don't Hello, know. Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, my 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 boss James, our assistant director, he's an Arsenal supporter. It started I, out so well. This yeah, poor guy, I swear he's so brutal now. You know, well, it's so bad because they're doing so poorly, and you can't even go to the brass door to commiserate. Uh, no, about you it because, because no. shut down. Yeah, there's nothing. Maybe Seamus will open it up for all the all the miserables. Just you know? like you know, hang out a bottle of or, you know yeah. whiskey out the window. We'll just all sit underneath no. it. And- I don't know. I think. How do you how do you pick against Liverpool right now? Even with all their injuries, you, you know, what what Jurgen Klopp does to get those players bought in to play that way. And and even he's evolved a little bit. Yeah. They're not the yeah. ultra high press. They still hold a little bit of a high line, but they're not this in your face. They they've sophisticated a little bit. They're they've evolved. So But they hold those lines so hard. No, they do. Like, they bro, do. those they are do. so hard. And without Van Dyke, they've had to drop off a little bit. Yeah. Um, you know, City's the other team. How do you pick against them? But Chelsea, Tottenham for sure, right there. I do think it's it's not like last year when Liverpool won it 
in mm-hmm. in January. Oh like, no, we were done now. You, you know, know, it's not like this year before when City and or two years before that when City was running away with it. So, right. you know, I still think those two clubs are the top dogs. Um, but I think that Tottenham and Chelsea will 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 be right there. And Chelsea looks like they're having fun. Those kids mm-hmm. look like it's yeah. next man up for them. Mason Mount, Tammy Abraham. You've got Christian Pulisic, and then Olivier Giroud looks like a man reborn. Uh, I mean, you were talking just a moment ago, you know, about his struggles at Arsenal, but it looks like at Chelsea where he was on the cusp of leaving last year. It's like he's found his form and is an enjoy. He's enjoying even when he gets pulled after about 60, 65 minutes. Like, yeah, cool. He's having a blast. Yeah. Well, and he fits the system again. Just I try to study as many of the, the high-level managers as possible. And Frank Lampard, he was very intelligent how he went and got his badges, how he did some apprenticeship. He studied. He, you know, he obviously did well with Derby County. And then he comes for Chelsea and it says, okay. He trusts his guys, and at first it didn't go that great. Right. And now you look at him and you're – It wasn't bad. No, it wasn't bad, but look, it's the English media. If you're not first place every day, every week, you're going to get sacked. And he stuck with it, and now, like you said, they're they're enjoying their football. They're having fun. Mm -hmm. And a guy like Giroud, who's probably in his mid-30s, for him to be able to be – in my opinion, he's a go-to striker. Yeah, yeah. I, if I were picking that team, I would pick him over Abraham right now. Now that can change in a few weeks. Sure. sure. And if you watch Tammy Abraham, his work rate right off the bench is incredible. So maybe it's a good fit. They play so many games, you rotate. But that's a good team. Um, obviously, Mourinho gets those guys to. It, and it's easy at that level, I'm sure, because you're playing the best of the best. But I mean, for you as a head coach, I mean, how do you talk to a guy and and have them mentally prepared to come off of the bench? For those that if we, I, if, at this level, I would think for many of these youngsters, it's their first actually you know paying job, and they're you know this is their livelihood. How do you get them prepared? How do you sell them on coming off of the bench for you know two or three game stretch at a time if they're not starting? Um. I mean, every every situation is different. Every every individual needs to be spoken to differently. One conversation with me jumped out. So I prepared the team for Louisville, and, and, and I went to Jose Baxter, and he was coming off of an injury, and I said, hey, you, you're still not fit enough to start, um, but I have plans for you off the bench. And he said, he said, boss, any time my name gets called, I'm honored, whether it's start or off the bench. And there's a guy who's done a lot. Yeah. Right? And it jumped out to me that it is a privilege. It's a privilege to coach. It's a privilege to to get six minutes, 90 minutes, 30 games, whatever it is. So, you know, that's kind of the message to the team. Like, hey, you're competing. My first meeting, I said, look, we've got 20, well, it's 24 guys on the team. 13 of you are automatically going to hate me, right? Yeah. 13 of you guys are going to hate me when I tell the team, when I pick the 11, mm-hmm. yeah. you know? Yep. So now your response can be, well, I hate you. This is baloney, da 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 Or, hey, boss, you got this one wrong. Next week, you're not going to have any choice but to select me for the team. Mm. And there are certain players that did that. little motivation. Yeah, and, it's, yeah. and look, and then it goes, every week that's something new. That's why trainings are so intense. Right. That's why what you do week in and week out is so intense. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's part of it is, is rewarding guys for having – Good performances. Um, you know, in the USL, you can play maybe like for us if you have to play a midweek game. Hopefully, US Open Cups is back next year, and, and you get a three or four games in the cup. God, that you know? was fun. That yeah. was fun the first year. That, that was a nice was little great. run. Yeah, yeah, it was good. And 
And I thought we played really well against Orlando. I mean, yeah, we, we, I was at that game. That yeah. was a blast. But no, it's it's that's the approach that again, most things relate back to the players. If they are up for it and and if if my message or or whatever coach is coaching certain teams, if the message is clear and the ex- yeah, and the expectations are clear, yeah. then there's no then there's no there's no reason for for players um you know, not to be driven to succeed. Yeah. Is there anything else that we need to touch on this? I, I've seen something about a players union. I mean, is there is there any any movement on that? Is that going to impact you know player selections or you anything? know we're we're not really involved with that. That is strictly between the players and the league. Okay. You know, directors and presidents and owner they might have to get, you know I don't. But for us as coaches and stuff, we I I don't really know. I mean. I go back and forth. I mean, the players obviously, you know, it is a business, so they sure. to protect yeah. themselves or to fight for for what they deem is is what they may or may not need for sure. Um, but obviously, with any any you know labor negotiations, there's give and take. Mm-hmm. So you know, hopefully, they just figure it all out. I mean, this the conversation's been going on for three years, so I wouldn't <laughs> be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised if nothing gets done in 2021. I wouldn't be surprised if you know. Next month, something's good, ready to go. We have a players' union all of a sudden. Yeah, and off. they have their union. It's it's getting the the collective bargaining agreement. But no, I mean that's that's kind of up to them, and we'll just see how that all plays out. Like I said, it's been three or four years going, so I think it might they might they might have a little bit of ways to go. Before we go, is there anything you'd like to say to the fan base, to Bluff City Mafia, to to the folks that are looking forward to twenty twenty one? Any message for them before we head out? Well, first of all, I just appreciate the support. I know we've talked about this time and time again. It was a very tough year, non-football related. It was a tough year for everybody, you know, and then for us to have our ups and downs um, and we still had supporters and we, whether it's in the stadium with the limited capacity, you know, I, I've said this from the get-go, um, we're, as, we're, as, we're as good as our supporters. And I think the support we've had has been un, unwavering. So for me and the club, I appreciate it. And and I think that we're, we're, we're continuing to push ourselves forward no matter what happens, um, you know, no matter what the schedule, the pods, this, all this stuff. We're, we're pushing ourselves forward to be – to, to be a top team in this league and we want to win and I think the last few weeks you should we saw a little bit what what we can be capable of mm-hmm. taking down two high level playoff opponents um, and to me that's just a stepping stone into next year where we want to keep pushing on Ben, we appreciate you coming by. It, it, it's great to see you again. Uh, we are excited. We are hopeful for your future to remain here. You have, you've obviously shown by getting out and about, and you you are walking the walk. You are talking the talk as the, as the on pitch leader of this club. And we hope that that translates uh, into you being here for the 2021 season. We want to thank you for coming by, sharing your wisdom, um, and uh, just just speaking on just a, a variety of things. We appreciate it. It's been it's been a while. It's been too long, and hopefully we can. We can do this again soon. No, thank you, and thank you guys for being kind. I mean, like I said, I'll, I'll come on anytime you guys. When you become Highlander. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Coming up, we got added time. We got a big charitable donation we got to tell you about with Play Where You Stay, one of our friends in the community. That's coming up next on My Three Subs. More next on My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. Hey everyone, this is Tim. While soccer is my passion, real estate is my business. I'm licensed in the state of Mississippi and Tennessee with Cry Like Realtors. My phone number is 901-756-8900 at the office, or you can call my cell at 901-262-5000. Whether you're looking to buy or sell, I can help you with either, and I'm happy to do so 
even in these difficult times. We're deemed essential, and we can help you make your move. I have a couple of properties available right now, a condo in Midtown at 1960 North Parkway, with the monthly fees that are included in that, you get everything except cable. But hey, everybody's streaming off the internet now, so do you really need the cable anyway? And I've also got a beautiful 5,100-square-foot home at 1850 Overton Park. It's just a short stroll from the Memphis Zoo, and you guessed it, Overton Park. Give me a call at 901-756-8900 at the Cryolike Realtors office, or on my cell at 901 262 5,000. And you can check out these properties and find pretty much anything you're looking for at timvanhorn.com. timvanhorn.com. If you're looking to list your house, I can help you get the best price for it and help you make your move. That's at timvanhorn.com. This is My Three Subs, a soccer odyssey. And we have added time to the podcast. Excited to be here at the KWAM Radio Studios. It's kind of a guest. We're kind of borrowing their studio today. <laughs> it's like a guest on a guest on a guest in here right now. It's awesome. Well, it's awesome just to see you figure out how to run the board. And, and, and we're actually getting it's, we're getting sound on it. But I'm really excited because Bernardo Ferreira stopped by. And if that name sounds familiar next to Cristiano Ronaldo, probably the most handsome Portuguese I've ever seen oh, and, and laid eyes down. on in my life. <laughs> but but more importantly, he is he's one of the uh, heads of Play Where You Stay who we had on back in the spring and well better, rather than me explain it bernardo first of all thanks for joining us today but tell us a little bit again about the mission of play where you stay thank you guys uh pretty much we're a nonprofit in uh, in the memphis area area that tries to fight against the pay-to-play system um our mission is to bring soccer to everyone everywhere and you the access to the game should not be determined by your social or financial uh, status and we this program goes for uh, kids ages 5 uh, through 18 uh, from 5 to 11 we do instructional and from 12 to 18 uh, we have competitive teams so if you guys want to check everything in our website uh, you can check it at www.playerstate.org. And you guys will have training sessions. You'll you'll find any patch of grass in the city necessary. You bring the game to the kids, uh, and you bring you bring coaches. It's not just like somebody's dad. You actually have you know qualified coaches mm-hmm. that bring the game to the kids, right? Yeah, exactly. We have qualified coaches pretty much from everywhere. Uh, a lot of college uh, students um, that play soccer uh, either at CBU. Southwest, U of M, they're uh, part of our coaching staff. We have older people too, so really qualified people, young people from different backgrounds that can bring the world's game to, to all these kids. You know who came to mind immediately? Who? Raul, too cool for school. Gonzalez. Yeah. Came to mind almost immediately because I could see him doing something like mm-hmm. this, oh, you yeah. know? And now that he's a 901er with the professional side, ha- have you seen a jump in not only just like the, the coaching side, but I'm talking about the kids. Have you seen mm-hmm. like a jump in, we'll just say enthusiasm from the kids because of 901 FC? Definitely. And last year, uh, thanks to team also, uh, he made the donation um, for 50 t- tickets for the 901 FC game, we were able to take 50 kids there. Wow! And they walked in with the players too. So, oh, wow. yeah, the kids the kids are super excited about the this team uh, being in town. And I mean, they're a great publicity to soccer in town. And they bring, the kids want to play because they they go to the stadium because they see these these kids. And I actually yeah. played against Raul. Uh, I think <laughs> it was the spring of 2015 or 2016. I used to play at CBU. We had a, like a scrimmage 
against U of M. Go Those Pirates. games get chippy, dude. Oh, yeah. yeah, they yeah. do. And Roley's a great player, and we would love to have him, uh, have him in our coaching staff. Yeah. Not only him, but more 901 FC players, because that's also one of our goals. If we can get those players the to... The pros. Yeah, the up, pros yeah. To, to come to our fields, to the parks of Memphis, and bring the game to the to the kids, that would be, be awesome. That's awesome. One of our friends of the podcast, Josh Guidry, he's retiring from the military, but he has Glue Pro USA here in the United States. It's a U.S. offshoot of the, the company over in the U.K. They make top quality goalkeeper gloves. Josh is a goalkeeper instructor. He has camps in North Carolina. He's starting with Glue Pro. So for him, he was a collector of goalkeeper gloves, uh, typically of Nike and other brands, which, which are just fine. But for him, there's no need for those in his inventory, and he was wondering what to do. So he called me up, and he says, hey, listen, have you got a guy that could use goalkeeper gloves? I said, wait a second. Have I got a guy for you? This is a guy, you know, for five, ten bucks a month, there are kids out there that are getting quality training in the in the city of Memphis. But one of the most difficult things to get a to, to be able to get and maintain goalkeepers is the equipment cost. It's yeah. the goalkeeper gloves. A good set of goalkeeping gloves, I mean a good set that's gonna last, can easily set you back a hundred, hundred and fifty dollars. So he says, Listen, I got a box of goalkeeper gloves, and I'm thinking like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna, and he says like I'm gonna send them to you. <laughs> and, and then and then they show up last week and I'm like Damn, there's 40 pairs of, of brand new goalkeeper gloves. <laughs> the box looks like one of those cans of worms, you know, where you buy it's a gag gift, you know, you open it up and like they'll spring out, you know. That that's what kind of what the box looks like. It's just like bloated box of glo- goalkeeper gloves. So on behalf of Glow uh Glow Glow <laughs> Glue Pro USA and my three subs, uh please, you know, we we hope that uh, you can use those goalkeeper gloves for your kids because who knows, you may be coaching the next Tim Howard yeah. right now. And there, it would make us so happy if you could get those into the hands of the kids that need those and further defray the expense, because I know that's part of your mission is not just quality coaching, but but fighting against those pay-to-play schemes. And I hope you know this can be a, a small part of that. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I want to give a shout-out to Glue Pro and to Team and My 3Subs podcast for, for this donation. Uh, we appreciate any kind of donation. And our goalkeepers are always looking for new gloves and for more equipment because it's really expensive to to purchase those. So I'm really glad that we were able to get this donation. And just to give a um, kind of like a heads up, we're going to have a clinic in the winter uh, just for goalkeepers. And we're going to be uh, giving those to the to the kids around awesome. the city of Memphis because you never know if the next team hour um, is going to be in the program. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, thank you for all that you do. Please come back in the spring. Keep us up to date with what you guys are, are, are doing because you're investing in the community. We want to invest in you guys. want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I don't know how to say that in Portuguese. How, how do you Feliz say that in Portuguese? Uh, you say Feliz Natal. So it's, oh. it's similar to Spanish. Yeah. The Feliz is the same. And then Navidad instead of Navidad, it's Natal. N-A-T-A-L. Natal. All right. Fantastic. You learn something new every day. My favorite tennis player, too. Rafael Natal. No, it's Natal. Okay. Hey, catch us on my3subspodcast.com. Email us at my3subspodcast at gmail.com. Find us at my3subspodcast on Twitter and on Facebook, and I believe it's my 3 sub soccer pod on, on Instagram. Instagram. Yeah. All right, thanks to uh, Memphis 901FC head coach Ben Pierman for joining us today, and uh, thanks to Bernardo Ferreira for coming by and for all that he does with Beautiful. Play Where You Stay. That's playwhereyoustay.com. Is that or, or, dot org. org. Playwhereyoustay.org. Yeah. Check it out, folks. And uh, if we don't talk to you between now and the end of the year, uh, happy Hanukkah, Merry Christmas, and a very happy new year. Amen. There's the whistle. Thank you for listening. Check out more My 3 Subs podcast, A Soccer Odyssey.